0: Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm Alex, and this is season two of Flannel and Beards. Are we lying? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, I good. didn't even give you a chance to gather. No, that was just it. Prepare. Yeah.
1: I was just like, nope, we're recording. We're, we're going. Okay. Um, so I bought some of these Lay's potato chips. You know how they do different flavors? Yeah, yeah. They did a biscuits and I, gravy. I was about to say that exact that thing. Was, yeah, that yeah, was, it was good. Impressive um, what they did there. Darby saw this Philly cheesesteak flavored, and so she picked them up. I saw this in the store. And I wanted to- I don't these.
0: have the the expendable income that you yeah, have, so good. I didn't waste my money on them.
1: Well, I'm by both, so I'm just <laughs> filled with money, so- um so they say on the front based on Gino Steaks. Like why would you do that?
0: They stink. Gino stinks.
1: It's terrible. It's really bad. It's not probably the worst cheesesteak I've ever had, but it's in the bottom. It's
0: in Definitely. the bottom. There's cheese Bye. steaks that I get down south that are way Steak Escape the chain is way better than Gino, herself yeah. Oh, you have it. Oh, it's pretty good. They have good handcuffed fries. Before it was popular, they okay. had handcuffed fries. So, okay. always. Every a plus.
1: time I fly into Atlanta Airport, there's a restaurant in the Atlanta Airport that's Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm
0: so you know, I didn't realize. You know, they always say if you have to say it's a Philly cheesesteak, it's not a real cheesesteak because, you know, it's just a cheesesteak. But I was actually in Central Pennsylvania uh, on vacation last week. And there was a place and I thought, you know, we're in Pennsylvania. I know it's not Philly. It's probably it's three hours away. But the Maybe place was moved out there. You know? The place right. The place was advertising Philly cheesesteaks. And I was just disappointed. I thought they should know better. Yeah. But no. They didn't.
1: No, no, not at the all. The middle of the state has no ties to the two ends. They the
0: don't state. want any ties yeah. to Philadelphia either. So try one of these chips. Alright, I've never tried one. Tell me what you think of that. <laughs> Let me move the move microphone them. in so we can get that crunch. That's that good <laughs> audio right there. It tastes like crabby meat. It does. It
1: really does. Oh, that's awful. It's like they they managed to capture the essence Uh-oh. of Geno's. It's almost like I a-
0: think they a- used the grease oh, they probably did. The to fry the, grease. the chips in.
1: That that would make a lot of
0: sense. Oh it does. And now I'm tasting the onions. And I don't like onions on my <laughs> cheesesteak. Mm. I don't taste I like the wh- onions.
1: In my- How do you get your cheesesteak?
0: Um, with mayo. Mayo. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and, and some- if it's not sharp provolone, I, I, Americans kind of like the Roxborough oh. way. If it's not sharp provolone, I like provolone a lot of times too. A
1: couple of Philly people I've met have uh, talked about they get ketchup and mayonnaise with theirs.
0: My and kids like- love ketchup on theirs, and my wife.
1: I always get mine with whiz. Onions, mushrooms.
0: I don't taste the whiz. I was about to say, I don't taste the whiz there's whatsoever. No
1: in here, yeah. yeah. It's just meat flavor.
0: Oh, that is awful.
1: Golly. Well, I won't make you eat any
0: more I'm glad you got me a cup of water yeah. before we started. Mm.
1: <laughs> so, Eric, today I wanted to talk to you about... Um, there's this guy I follow on Twitter. His name is Dan White Jr. He's a trick planner. He's a writer. Now he's kind of in the ministry of, like people who get burned out on ministry or they lose their church and he's in like restoration type stuff <laughs> for pastors. Um, but anyways, I like him. Uh, he tweeted out this statement, my grumpy opinions for church planters. And he was a church planter. And uh, here's what he said. You should live in the neighborhood you worship in. You should train disciples, not r- recruit volunteers. Mm. You should... not um, no worship services in a movie theater. Don't use the lead pastor title. Raise money for your team, not for your salary. Ask local pastors for permission. So, I thought I'd get this some of good. our thoughts on yeah. these grumpy opinions, and then we could share some grumpy opinions of our own. Okay. And uh, I've been told I'm usually grumpy, so. You are kind of like the my... grumpy
0: cat of church planning.
1: Yeah, yeah. I could see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, first off, Yeah. What do you think of the first one? Live in the neighborhood you worship in.
0: That I can rubber stamp 100% agree on. Um, I, yeah. I I don't understand. I've met several church planners who are not living in the neighborhood where they're planning. And I just don't see how that works. At least least until you somewhat establish yourself. Like, um, because. you're already it already feels like you're an outsider trying to come in and tell everyone what they're doing is wrong whether it's local pastors or you know I actually had a, a, a neighbor tell me once not long after we moved to the neighborhood she said oh so you came to save all of us even huh you know and so you, that's you get it <laughs> well that's actually, that's kind of what my response was I was like yeah you're first you know you know what are you gonna do yeah and so so yeah so it already feels weird and then and, and depending on what neighborhood you live in, obviously makes it huge... Like, so, if you live in what would be considered, quote, a nicer neighborhood, and then you're coming into to another one, then, I man, I just... Yeah. That just... That's icky all over it. Yeah. Icky's the Greek word.
1: I've seen where, um... So, native church planters, and, and by that I mean, like, guys who didn't move in mm-hmm. from another city, but they're, like, um... They they grew up in the city they're planting mm-hmm. in, or they're from there. Um, it's harder for them to leave a house that they bought, yes, or a house that maybe has been in their yep. family. Um, but they don't want to plant a church in that same neighborhood because they likely were part the same, of yes. a ch- church that was a strong church that built them up, or maybe you know. And so they don't want to build a church no. next door to that church. But then that makes it hard because you are you going to leave the part of your community that you know best to move across the city to plant somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and so I understand the challenges of that. I agree there's a whole logistical piece. Um, I pushed back on some of these things with him and got some of his feedback mm-hmm. because I was like, what do you mean by Yeah, some of these
0: are, I'm kind of, well, good. Yeah, but, so
1: it's but the living
0: in himself. the neighborhood too, like how do you truly relate to your... Pe- I mean, Jesus moved into the neighborhood, right? Like yeah. literally. Um, now he knew, I mean, he's way, you know... He has an omniscience that we don't have, but he still did it for our benefit. So even if we knew everything about that and totally understood the neighborhood, for the benefit of those that we're ministering to, we should move into the neighborhood. When I was leaving, I moved from Mississippi to Philadelphia. uh, director of missions, uh, Joe Abel at the time. Just a great man of God and
1: I keep I, a little uh track of when Eric makes name drops that no one knows the name they of They don't
0: well, you know, I, but if he meant something to someday, me. Yeah, you'll
1: be like, oh,
0: he, he mentioned He that. meant something to me, so okay. uh, you know, I wanna mention his name. Um but he gave me great advice and he said I said I said I was it was like my last like week in the county. And I said, Do you have any advice? And he said You know, put your hand to the plowshare and don't look back. And I feel like those who aren't willing to move into the neighborhood, they just keep looking back. Mm, And so so I I agree with this. Now, I do see... From a heavy, no, oh, wait, 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 from a heavy, guy. yeah, yeah. I you know, it's it. fun. It's funny. I was feeling kind of fat today, so you know, oh, really? yeah, you know, no, I
1: made two references, Mike. you know, oh, but you God. know what,
0: I, you know what I did. What? So I, I was you're feel- looking
1: thinner though. Each time you I come over, i looking. That. You're looking thinner, and I'm looking it. heavier. That's
0: because I trimmed the beard. But oh, so I was feeling fat, so I went I'm to Taco sorry. Bell and got two cheesy gordita crunches and a large mountain. And dude. then you forgot.
1: how yeah. it felt after <laughs> that. Um, I. I think the ideal is to live in the community because church isn't a service. Church is a countercultural community yeah. of people living out the ways of Jesus. And it's hard to live out the ways of Jesus when you don't live in the same community. Yeah. And I know um, I know some great guys who are doing it uh, from while well, we're keeping their home in their, their neighborhood near their sending church. Um, but there's challenges with that. Whether it's the drive or always going over there or, yeah, it's just, it becomes an exhausting back
0: and forth. And and we've looked, we've considered moving just, our neighborhood is right on the line of the suburb. Like we're surrounded on three sides by suburbs, and we could literally move half a mile away and be in the suburbs. And uh, we've thought about doing it, but we just. The schools are
1: great over here. They
0: are. I know, yeah, yeah, we border your, your school district, and so. It has been tempting, but uh, we really we've just fallen in love with the people where we are, and so I think, that ministry works best there. I think also
1: knowing your neighborhood, like you know your neighborhood. If you lived on that other side, they look at you differently than if you live on that side. Yes, that is so very I think true. The fact that you stayed there it shows that you understand that. Yeah. Um, okay. Next, so we kind of agree with that one, or we mostly agree. Yep. Yeah, yeah. um, next, you should train disciples and not recruit volunteers.
0: So. I've experienced this, like when you kind of recruit volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what we were told to do in a lot of ways. In like this, in developing yeah.
1: a core team. Yes. you want to Or work. a
0: launch team. Because yeah. like launch team may be people that can help right. hand out flyers or stand at the door and say, you know, yeah. welcome to Watershed or welcome to Horizon. You're working
1: in kid's ministry until things get up
0: and going. Right, right, else. right. They can help set up and tear down. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, I agree with that. ideal. In an ideal situation, absolutely. Um, but, I mean, I don't know how feasible that really is. I, I think it's it's a mix. Okay. I mean, I think you should hopefully be training disciples with your volunteers or attempting to do that anyways to disciple them, no matter how small it starts out, even if it starts out as... Well, I'm willing to make a commitment once a month to come and put up your banners for you, you know. Well, okay, let's let's start with that, and let's see, you know, if that if we can not plant a seed, use that and water it and grow it in some some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I think the important thing is
1: here, like, what does he mean by disciples? And mm-hmm. I know from the other stuff that he's saying, like, he's a big um, big proponent for disciples are people who look like Jesus not just know things about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons I enjoy following him. We think the same on that. Um, And so he's always like, don't just have big services, actually teach people to actually live like Jesus. And so he says, you know, this was one of the things I think I sent him a follow-up tweet about, and we went back and forth a little bit, Um, is what he's talking about is like, we put all our time and energy into (laughs) training the launch team, yeah, but we're not actually teaching them how to love their neighbor, right? How to right. actually live like yeah. Jesus did, um, and he's like, if you spent more time teaching them to just love their neighbor, the kingdom fruit would be better. Yeah. But most of the time, the emphasis is on that launch service right. fruit, which is how many people showed up, right?
0: Right, and I and I, I in, in that regard, I totally agree with him. I, I think that's speaking to. A model that you you call attractional and it's all about the Sunday service, it's all about what happens online the social media presence um, which I still believe that there's not, in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with any of that, but to his point, if that's all your, if you're only what he's saying is you're just using people at that point you really don't care about whether or not that gets you to a result exactly, yeah, and and we're not about results, uh, contrary to popular belief for people and some yeah. people in leadership. If you listen uh, to
1: the wrong podcast or read the wrong Christian books, it does seem like we're all about the return on investment, right? Um, like people are a commodity. But the way yeah. Jesus taught, you know, mustard seed theology. Yes, it's like this real tiny thing, and it doesn't seem to do anything. It seems like everything's dead, and then oh, you all wake of a up and it's there. It had an impact. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, I've been thinking about, you, you mentioned the Attractional Church is, I think the Attractional Church was really good at reaching lapsed evangelicals, mm-hmm. but not necessarily on reaching people far away from God. Yeah, yeah. And um, and he's pushing back, I think, to right. some of that. So we somewhat agree,
0: slash mostly agree with that one mm-hmm. as well. No worship services in movie theaters. Okay, so I have no idea what this means. Yeah, I... Like, I have no... Like, as a church planner, you have to have a worship service where you can have worship service. You know, our first services were in a bar, right? Like that was not like what I set out to do. And
1: it, I mean, it's a pretty
0: yeah. cool church planner thing to say. Yeah, we're yeah. a bar.
1: and you weren't like super bar. Like we weren't in there like mopping up the vomit. You know, no, from, it was like more like a brunch bar, right? So I mean, it had a restaurant bar, right? Like a brewery. vibe too. Yeah. But you were in a club, yeah, right
0: at first. And there so, was
1: vomit a couple of times. Yes, so, yes. Yeah.
0: But uh, I don't understand. Like, when you're a church planner, you meet where you can find a meet. I mean, yeah. like, I,
1: so I pushed back on this because my dream would be to meet at the Bryn Film Institute. That's right. I prayed around Bryn Mawr yeah. Film Institute, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is where I want to be. And mm-hmm. I reached out to them first, and I said... I wanna put a church in here and they were like, No way. And they actually changed their claws on their <laughs> rentals. <space laughs> because so you ruined it for the churches, rest of us. Churches can't rent in there, you know? Um and I was like, I'll pay anything. I just wanna be in here. Yeah. This is such a cool place. It's money's no object. Historic um historic <clears throat> theater over a hundred years old, you know. Same architect that actually built um Eastern University the oh, Baptist okay. University down the street um, built that theater yeah. as well anyways
0: Coffin.
1: <laughs> yeah now it is um so I was like what's the deal with movie theaters why do you have a problem mm. with this I mean like Mark Batterson he needs it. yeah a movie. I can't How be wrong Mark does it um and so he wrote back to me and he, he actually explained it. He said, movie theaters are a place we go to get entertainment mm. and it's impossible for people, they naturally begin to see the service as something to consume like entertainment because they're in a space where they've been trained to sit back and watch something for two hours instead of actually being the hands and feet extension of something. <sighs> and I was like, I think you're right, Dan. Like, uh, I didn't think about that. So. I
0: give a big side of that one. Really? Look. Look. I, I get what he, I totally smell what he's stepping in. I had to get it in. I, I totally get what he's saying, but we have to give people more credit than that. Okay? Okay. Okay, so, so one one I can't wait to put back on that. One one of the things that I've heard you say is that you think the church is like just now catching up. Like, you know, I and mean, Kerry Newhoff is big on this. Like what if church is online before coronavirus, yeah. like I think all these
1: the churches caught up to the nineties,
0: right? They're right. not even caught up. But to current. So, yeah. but if we are caught up currently, then our digital content would be huge, mm-hmm. right? And that okay. would be more a good thing for the most part, correct? Yeah, right. I think
1: that, that naturally comes with new issues, it, but I think there would be a lot of positives.
0: But it's the exact same thing as meeting in, in the theater. Digital content is designed to entertain engage, and, and really addict people, right? And so, so I mean, I could say the same thing about the screen of my phone, the screen of my laptop, my, my television screen, whatever it is, yeah. there's a lot of entertainment. goes, And for a lot of people, there's a lot worse things than, like adult entertainment that goes through there. So they're using the same medium to meet God yeah. that they're using for all kinds of entertainment, good, bad, or in between. Yeah. And, but God still works through all that. So, I mean, I get what he's saying that you don't want people to think they're coming to be entertained, but they know they're coming to... I mean, just because it's different, it's still church. If you're doing it right, if you're making disciples, if you're truly preaching God's word and the gospel, like, I i, I get it. Sometimes people do have trouble separating the two, but they're going to have trouble... They might have trouble separating that. If, if they walk into a church service and there's a band up there that's quality musicians, even if there's no lights and smoke, yeah. it still feels like they're going to watch a concert. Like, I mean, yeah, I could take any part of the church service. You know, if a pastor is really good at pr- at, at communicating, that's like a TED talk. I mean, what? I mean,
1: I wish more sermons were like TED talks. But <laughs> um, okay, so you disagree with this one? Totally, like. completely. Um, I do want to, the only thing I want to push back on what you said was you said um, give people more credit than that. Yeah. I I don't know. Everyone I know is believing conspiracy theories online uh, on social media. So, I'm not giving people credit anymore that they're going to figure it out Yeah. or they're going to highly intelligent people I know. Yeah. are are believing things that are are just straight up ridiculous or and if you Well, believe, maybe
0: we're the ones believing things that are ridiculous. I don't I know. I mean, this I'm not a conspiracy
1: that uh, you know, seem to uh anyways. So, I, once he explained that, and we went back and forth a little bit on it, I was like, okay, that, that
0: totally makes yeah. sense. Um, I, I think it's a little, I personally think it's a smidge legalistic. Does it sound a bit grumpy? Because these are his grumpy. Opinions that is, that, that is definitely, that is definitely grumpy. Okay. And from him, because I, I follow him on Twitter, I, oh, I don't know him well, but okay. for him it seems a tad pharisaical to me. Hmm. like which is not like him yeah, whatsoever. it's not like that like i yeah so he um i i didn't know you followed him how do you feel about him do you hate him uh no i don't hate him i mean i'm uh dan if you're
1: listening to this
0: yeah. we don't hate you no i don't i don't hate you i i like he, he he comes from a de- he ch- he definitely challenges yeah. me sometimes when i sit to think about it i'm like okay yeah i I get it and sometimes it's really not my cup of tea at all like i I can't go there but yeah i mean it's fine i I love people who think differently than me um yeah he does have a
1: different background than us Uh, but Mm -hmm. i think he has a lot of good things to say yeah i haven't read any of his books but i'd like to um so the next one he says is don't use the lead pastor title now, um, I was just going to pull up your website. Oh, stop.
0: Stop. I think it does says, say lead pastor. If it says lead pastor. Yeah, right. Stop it. Watershed Philly. Yeah, it probably does. Dot com. Yeah. Okay,
1: it probably does. It
0: might just say pastor. I can't remember. Uh, well, now I'm going to go home and change it. <laughs>
1: no, what do you think about this? Meet the pastor. Okay, Meet here pastor. we go. Eric is raised in Tennessee, but has deep roots in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, lead pastor, Eric McMahon.
0: Ah, there you go. Yep. Yep. That's me. Yeah.
1: So let me go to Horizon Philly. I did not pre-change this. Let me see what mine says. Um. Here we go. Oh, it says Alex Hanovich, pastor.
0: Yeah. So, it so you're one say step better than me. Yep. And, and, the, Dan eyes. Eyes. and Dan White's. And Dan White's. only. Dan White Jr. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... I told I I think I don't know what his issue is with it. Um uh, I get it though. Especially like have you met that pastor that like has to make sure that everyone knows he's the lead pastor? Yes. Like if that's the situation, it yeah. grinds all over me. Yeah. Um so you know, I I think yeah, I, it's kind of an arrogance issue. I get that. I yeah. I, I can totally get that. I mean, I know mine says it's, I'm lead pastor, but I, I don't think I've ever once introduced myself as lead. That's an informational thing. Like, yeah. it's a statement of fact. Yeah. Um, You're like,
1: I, I am the lead pastor. Like, whether Dan White like you yeah, or anybody but, else knows you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I
0: walk in the room, I hold out my arms. Cause,
1: no. So for me, it's a grammatical thing. Yeah. So, which my undergrad's in English, so I'm a nerd. Right. Um, But I'm like, lead pastor means that I'm the lead of the pastors mm-hmm. and there's only one pastor on our team right now. Right. Um, so I guess if you have multiple pastors, you could say I'm the lead pastor. Yeah. Like we have three pastors on staff, but I'm the lead pastor. Um, like I, I guess I could understand that use,
0: yeah. but yeah, I have seen and the guys speaker.
1: who are like, um, there was one church planter that I knew of who had somebody come on his team and the guy was like, "What's going to be my title?" And he's like, uh, "Well, you—you could—I mean, you're—you're you're ordained as well. You could be a pastor. We could give you pastor of something, something." He's like, "I want to be lead pastor." And he's like, "Well, I'm the church planter. I'm starting the church. So if anyone's going to have that title, I think it'd probably be me." And this guy's like, "Well, oh, I'm not joining the team if I can't be lead pastor." That's yeah. That's and uh, he was like. He, I remember he asked me about it. He's like, am I just reading too much into this? Should I just t- get everybody I can? I was like, this guy's going to be troubled. Oh, absolutely. Like, do not that. this witness. guy. Yeah. Like, lose this guy as soon as you yeah. can. Yeah, um, now, John Mark Comer, my new favorite person, okay. who has replaced Mark Batterson in my eyes. Oh, um, Mark. If you're listening, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. But his name, John Mark, it's always got to be somebody named Mark, Mark apparently. Mm-hmm. Um. So, John Mark is a pastor in Portland, Mm -hmm. and um, he does not use the term pastor at all. Mm -hmm. He's the lead teacher. Ah. And they have a teaching team, but he says that only Jesus is really, truly the lead pastor, because he's the good shepherd. And he says, if you look throughout the New Testament, you don't see the pastor language used. Uh, So... Anyways, so he has this whole argument about it. And he's like, "Why?" He's like, "People come up to me and say, "Pastor John Mark." And he's like, "No, no, I'm just John Mark." I'm,
0: I do the same yeah, thing. Like that, that it drives, when thing. people call me Pastor Eric, like yeah. it drives me up the wall. Like as it's, it's a it's an identifier if someone it's like it's like being the CEO of a company or president of a company. Like you might be the president and if people for certain situations need to know that, then it's there. Sure. But it's like you don't walk around calling someone CEO. It
1: does not, uh, Alex. it doesn't
0: annoy me or offend me,
1: but I think there's a part of me that could come to love it too much, and so I push back on mm. it, if that makes sense. It's yeah. so like, Eugene Peterson wrote a great book called Pastor, like it mm. was like a memoir, and uh, he talked about how, what a high praise and joy it is to be called pastor mm. by someone. Yeah. And so that made me loosen up on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I still, like, if someone calls me something, they're like, mm-hmm. What should I call you? Especially people who are on church. Yeah, yeah. They're like, Should I call you Reverend? Should yeah. I was like, Just Alex. Yes. Just <laughs> Alex. Yeah. So I always just say, Just mm-hmm. call me Alex. Yeah. And um, I think rather than making this clergy laity divide. Um, so, yeah. anyways. So for,
0: I, I agree with that for the most part, even though my website that I run says, says Lead Pastor. You Eric, agree. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, the next one, raise money for your team, not for your salary. I didn't do this. Um, I, I did like, this to an extent. I was like, now if I get enough money for my salary, and then more comes in, yeah. I'll get well, kinda it. Well, this kind of
0: goes, I mean, I don't know, but this kind of goes back to our whole Bivo discussion from, oh, okay. when did we, was that, last week or two weeks ago, oh, I can't no. remember now. Um, but years. it kind of goes back to that whole Bivo discussion, like, it's a little easier to do if you know you're going to be bivocational. Um, I would say... That, that's, a, that's a wonderful thought.
1: I don't think you have to be bivocational to raise money for the team. I think that you should start with raising money for the team, and you shouldn't stop until you've raised money for your salary. Possibly. But your salary should come after. Yeah. If you do your yeah. salary first you'll have a desire, you'll, you'll be more likely to be like, okay, we raised enough to make this thing happen, but if you do your team first, you'll still be hungry to raise more money that's, for yourself. That's a
0: good point. That, that's, that's a great point. Um, I guess the question is, too, are you coming with a team?
1: Yeah, well, I think if you have the money I mean, to hire a team, then that really helps you come with one.
0: Yeah, that's true. I recruited
1: true. people, and I just said, hey, yeah, you've been around me, you can trust me, come with me. Um. If I did it all over again mm. I would hire people yeah yeah and I would hire not I love the people who came with me mm. um, but I would hire people who have done church planting yeah. and had been who had unique roles to play in the yeah. church plant
0: or maybe we're local too. Maybe I mean, oh yeah, that helps because yeah, they can some, help. They can really they help you learn. Yeah. They got connections. They can help you learn what the is like if you're coming from out of the area. Sidebar. Yeah.
1: Um, I'd love your thoughts on this. I feel like the longer I stay here, the more, the better I am at connecting with true Philadelphians. Yes. And when I first came, I mostly connected with transient people yes. who have come from outside. Yeah, yeah. And most of those don't stay in Philly. Mm-hmm. Philly's pretty tight-knit. Mm-hmm. If you're from Philly, you love Philly. If you're outside of Philly, they don't really care for you and yeah. never really let you fit in. Yeah. and um, But the longer I stay here, the better... I seem to be making more inroads with actual Philly people.
0: Yeah. Uh, I still connect really well with transients really quickly and easily. Because um, they feel
1: like outsiders. Exactly. Like, yeah, because yeah. Philly is like... You, your family hasn't been here since seventeen eleven yeah, no, we <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. Want you here
0: um but my relationships have definitely become much deeper um with my friends who are born and raised in philly and yeah i I definitely can relate much I know, better I know this is
1: a sidebar but do you think that's because we're getting better at uh connecting with philly or do you think that's simply a You've been here long enough to earn some Philly cred. I think it's both. Okay.
0: I think we're understanding the culture better, understanding it more. Um, I think people are starting to, like, they see where, I I think, I mean, people just flat out told me this when I first moved here. Oh, we'll see, or you'll be gone in two years. People can't take it, especially people, you know, I was coming from Mississippi at the time. You know, like, there's all these things. Well, it's been six years now. Everything that I said I was going to do, I've done. Yeah. So there's a lot of validity that now is there. And and they see that I genuinely... Like, we're genuine friends. I genuinely love them and care for them. And, and they do for me as well. It's like, it's reciprocal. And so it's it's becoming much more than just an acquaintance, a guy on the street who's kind of novel. Yeah. yeah. I think until we
1: bought a house, there were literally some people who asked us every month when we were, yes. when we were moving yep. back to the South. Yep. And then once we bought a house, they stopped asking. And I was yep. like, oh, I guess they realized... Yep. We're
0: staying. Yeah, well, and you know, our landlord sold our house last year, and we yeah, had to move. And that. everyone is convinced. And then about that same time, we were going down south for a visit. Well, all yeah. of our friends and neighbors yeah. were convinced. Not coming back. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you may have even. Oh, okay. Did you mention? I think you thought that at one point. No, yeah. I, no, that was definitely you. What I never think. that. Yeah, you're like, oh, I don't know. I hadn't heard from you for a while. I thought maybe you're going down there and going to oh. come back. You just cut me off sometimes when it's best for your. Uh, <laughs> Um.
1: So, raise money for a team, not for your salary.
0: Yeah. Um. I I love the idea.
1: Um. If I plant again, this is the way I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah. I I can I can see that as a possibility. I I don't think it's one way or the other. So I think it's a great idea. Um. You know, for some people, it's just not possible. It, it's just not. It's. I mean,
1: why, what's not possible about it?
0: Um. I mean, there's. Just, I don't know. Maybe. I see people really struggle to raise any money at all. Because, and it's not for lack of trying, it's not for lack of faith. Um, you know, it's, they just, they just really struggle. And, um, you know, I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I think I it's really, a great idea. I really like it. I love the idea. I think that
1: if I play it again, that's the way I do it. Yep. But, if you were doing it this way, mm-hmm. if you said, hey, I haven't raised a dime. First mm-hmm. of all, I think it would be easier to raise money when it's not my salary. Say, you know what? All this money I'm raising right now, mm-hmm. this is for a team. This mm-hmm. is for someone else's salary. Like I feel like I can go after money for other people a lot better than yeah. I can for myself. There's a certain part of raising money for my salary that feels so self-serving. It's, yeah, it's the it's Greek different. word is icky yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. But I, I feel like I, when you're. I don't feel like people who give to your mission are going to be as enthusiastic about giving for other people's salary. I think, that, so I, I think it's hard enough, especially, you know, if, especially for us. We were coming from the South, long-standing tradition okay. of the way church is and stuff. Yeah. It was hard enough for them to wrap their mind around what it was like to plant a church, let alone yeah. planting a church with a staff when there was no people so yeah. I, I just I, I think you have to use different terms than staff you know like, I, I get it yeah, team whatever but yeah, I mean yeah. m- again people are smart at least a lot of the people that I do often and they're going to say oh so like I'm going to call it my team and they're going to say oh so your team's your staff I mean yeah that's what it is I mean that's you can call it whatever you want but right. it is what it is yeah. so what positions would you want to f- to hire for like what worship and children's yeah not even close yeah like that's that's it worship Worship first.
1: Because those are incredibly And it's important. like, it's, it's really like
0: 1A and 1B. Like, they're right there. But you, you, you got to have work. Yeah. If I could sing, maybe I wouldn't do worship first. Mm-hmm.
1: I still think because that takes something off of you yeah. as a pastor. Worship and children's. I would hire for both those and then raise the salary for my... And you know what? I think that you can find high quality people who will do that for, you know...
0: Like a part-time basis. Yeah.
1: Fifteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So let's say
0: three thousand right. dollars a month total for those two roles. Right. Um, well, there's a nonprofit. Um, there's a um, a ministry here in the city um, who I'm close with, and I know that they um, what they do is they match whatever the employee raises salary. So so let's pretend it was fifteen hundred dollars a yeah. month. You know that you would pay them. Is this you like would CCO. Uh, I, I'm not gonna tell you how, who it is because I don't I don't know how what they want their structure out there. But no, it's not. Oh, okay. Um, but I know CCO does the same. Do they? Like, yeah. 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 So they'll match like dollar for dollar up to a certain amount of what you raise. And so I think that might be a really good kind of in between thing. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know that gives them more time to help too. Okay. Sorry, I
1: was. Uh, uh, those are my tangents off of
0: this. No, it's great.
1: Ask local pastors for permission.
0: Um, I don't like the way he phrased this. I think I understand what he's saying. what do you like I think build relationships with local pastors is important, which I know I did like that was important to me. I did it immediately as quick as I could yeah um i don't i mean if he means legitimately asking for permission, I don't understand that at all so what what do you think he's meaning? don't know Dan I don't know Dan white, <laughs> okay. I I know Dan white jr month. enough to know I didn't like ask him. if he like I said if it's just a straight up like I'm gonna go meet local pastors over lunch and said hey would you be okay if I planted a church here can I have your permission to do that yeah um, you don't like that no okay. what about well, that because, because what am I what okay I mean, is it first of all is it a sincere request like, do you mean to tell me if you're like you really feel called? Lots of other people have supported that and affirmed that calling yeah. in lots of ways. Yeah. And then you're going to go, and I, maybe you would do this before all that, I guess. But you know, you're just going to ask for permission. And if they say no, then you're just going to be like. I don't think everybody would say yes, but I think it would be helpful. Well, what does it look well, like when they say no and then you go plant there, anyways? Yeah, which think, is worse.
1: I think you'd have to have a, a conversation with him and be like, you know, here's why I feel like God's directing me here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, here's the, you know, the signs or the way that He's yeah. moved. Yeah. And um, what do you think I should do? Like, obey God, or mm-hmm. you know, I think that most pastors would sit across from you and say, honestly, I'm concerned that some of my people might leave and go to you, but it looks like God is calling you mm-hmm. here. So,
0: I, I, would, I, ho- I would hope most, that's what they would
1: say there's a few pastors who have let me know that I'm a threat to them. Yeah. I'm like, apparently you haven't been to my services. <laughs> um, I mean, there's kids in my services who are wearing shirts that are like straight out of the closet and I'm like, yeah, you don't want these kids in your church. They can come to my church.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, but, there's a few pastors, local pastors, who have mm-hmm. let me know like, you are a threat to my bottom line which is people and budgets. Right. Um. The more churches means there's a good chance that they might not come mm-hmm. to me or they might go to a different one. But the majority of pastors, I mean, this is not a city booming with like, you know, in people dredge. wanting yeah. to, be to be in church. Yeah. Um, somebody has said that less than 10% of Philadelphians are in any type of religious service on Sunday. Yeah. And so 90% of people aren't going anywhere. So you could look at this as we're all fighting over the 10%, or you could look at, hey, we're all in the same boat trying to reach the 90%. And I found that most have been... Good. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. found that uh, I did not sit down before I came and ask for permission. Right. But once I got here, I reached out to all the local pastors. Some got back to me. Some said, hey, mm-hmm. I don't like that you're here. You need to be in another neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the majority said, hey, we're glad you're here, and we're excited mm-hmm. to see what happens. So.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, I did not ask for permission. Um I did reach out to a majority of the pastors in my area. And we have a in our neighborhood it's a really good group of pastors who have actually already been getting together before I ever yeah. you know got on the scene. So there was there was not there really is very little sense of competition uh in Roxborough, yeah. which is which is wonderful. Uh I did have a few people, not pastors, some lay people, some deacons or elders from other churches be like, "What do we need another church here for?" You know, kind of gruff yeah. about it. But um, I, I, I like I said, I I think it's important to meet with other pastors, let them know you're not out there trying to shrink their church or hurt, hurt their bone. Yeah. You're 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 trying to be co-laborers with them for the gospel, um, and you want to reach the lost and those who are far from God or marginalized. Um, I think that's very important. But I, I just um, I don't necessarily see the need to ask for permission from other... I, I, um,
1: I think it definitely acts like we're on the same team. Yeah. So you come, a lot of times church planters come in with a lot of arrogance. Yes. Like, everybody's doing it wrong, I'm going to do it right. right. And I've seen guys come to the city like that. You yeah. Know, like, man, you're... And all, that's not right. Yeah, no. no. I think that's the wrong attitude. Um, and so I think he's, he's pushing back on some of that. Yeah. But it definitely would have laid a good groundwork that before I even came, like if I had reached out to them and said, hey, I'm thinking about coming mm-hmm. here. This is what I think God's doing in my heart. But instead I showed up and I was here yeah. and I started saying, hey, I'm a new fat planter yeah. and I want to start a church. And I was already here. I, was moved, I, I,
0: guess, I guess part of the thing, like there's one side that shows humility, which is very important. But it also you're placing yourself under an authority that God didn't place you under, and so like that that's what rubs me. He didn't
1: say like if they say no, don't. I go. get it, but
0: but, but yeah. you don't ask for permission. Like there again, it's fake. If you ask for permission and you're going to do whatever you want anyways, then you're being you're being so phony. It's not even funny. Well, so it, don't ask for permission. Go to them humbly. And say, "Hey, I want to do whatever we can to work together." You know, I'm not here. Like, that's not fake. But if you're going to go ask for permission, and then what if they do say no? Are you going to not do it? That's that's my question. If
1: every pastor I met with said no, I think I'd go to a different neighborhood. Like, if if every person in that area who said, I have the Holy Spirit, I'm a minister of God, and I asked them all, I think I'm called here to plant, yeah. here's what I think God has done, yeah. and they all said, no, you shouldn't come here. Unless God made it really, really clear that I should yeah. oppose that, I think I would say, man, it's going to be really hard to plant in this area if all the churches who are already there are see me as the... an enemy yeah. or an adversary, yeah. and not a um, not a brother. Yeah. You know? um, so I think that like, if one or two people said, we don't want you here, right. I don't think that would matter. But I think I would... So, so, so plan, again,
0: I you're going and asking permission yeah. Yeah. with the idea that most of them are going to say yes, because what are they going to do? Say no. Again, I feel like that's phony.
1: See, I don't know that most of them are going to say yes. I hope that's the case. Yeah. If they don't, if most of them don't say yes, then I think I should seriously consider going right. somewhere else. Right, yeah. Like, maybe a neighborhood next door. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So um so I wanted to ask you what's your grumpy opinions for church planting.
0: I will but you first.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So my grumpy opinion is don't copy other planters. Mm. Come up with your own dang stuff. Like gotta, take the time So I can't
0: do <laughs> the series on lame, lament like you dang on it. Now.
1: Do your own series. <laughs> I have there are pastors in this community who are like Oh, I uh, saw so you did this series. Like, uh, send me the notes so that I can do that. Mm. I'm like, do your own series. Like, I don't understand the pastors who take, like, Andy Sandy stuff and then just preach it themselves under their own label. Like, just make your own stuff. Mm. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, then you are equipped to start churches and make disciples and preach God's word. Mm. Like, you don't have to copy other people. I think copying kills creativity. Mm. I've said it a million times mm. on this podcast. But church planters usually roll in and they say, I'm going to copy this model. Yeah, I'm going to copy this church planter's, you know, name. Right. Like, every church plant has the same stupid name these days because yeah. everybody's copying. Same stupid logo. Like, let's say, we just make your own stuff. Yeah. Like, I think that... Um, we reach a certain point where we go to a conference and we all start to look and sound and act exactly the same. And what I see that God does is he always creates out of diversity and it's beautiful and diversity of peoples and cultures and languages. And when all our church plants look and sound the same and we're all preaching the same message and like, there's some of you guys that I look at and I'm like, I really respect how they say this or the quality Mm -hmm. that they do this. I I do copy
0: you you, by the way Oh, Because you say you want to live and love the way Jesus did Mm -hmm. I love that So I use that all the time with my people That
1: comes from a book As all my great thoughts do The Better Way by Loesch Dale Loesch
0: Oh yeah, I don't know He's
1: a a head of a mission board And um
0: So anyways I'll check that out Yeah, you can borrow that Okay yeah, so I, I, I do copy you. Mm. You're welcome. <laughs> but, all kidding side. Yeah. Don't I agree. Copy. I 100%. Do the
1: hard work of wrestling and praying through mm. and just agonizing over is it the right thing rather than just copying what's working for somebody else because you're not somebody else. Mm. You're you, and you're unique, and let God do something unique with you. Mm. So that's my grumpy opinion. Yeah.
0: Um, my grumpy opinion would be don't hide out. So my thing is spend several hours a week where lost people are. Don't sit there and plan in your living room or your basement or your office yeah. or whatever it is. And it's the more the deeper you get into the church plant, the more difficult that becomes. You have to be very intentional about it. But if you if you're not coming to entertain people, if you're not coming to sheep steal or whatever you want to call it, if you're not just doing, you know, membership transfer programs, yeah. you know, if you truly, truly want to live and love the way Jesus did, be among the lost and 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 invite them into a relationship. Engage them. Be intentional about everything that you do. Uh the temptation is to start to work on the service, to start to work on Whatever you need to do for the church, and just yeah. uh, just to uh, really hibernate, And to start to spend time with you, you know, the people in your church who are already believers, or your team, or your staff, or whatever that is, and and all that stuff's important. But you you can't hibernate. You can't disappear. You have to intentionally be where lost people are uh, on a regular basis. And so that would be my grumpy thing: is is don't hibernate. Yeah, I, I think we too often. Too quickly. I think a lot of us start church planning because one of the things that we see that we don't feel like is right is how inwardly focused the church is. But you really have to fight against becoming that. That's the reality that you've known
1: and probably experienced. Yes. Yeah. It's in your DNA. Um, Ed Stetzer says the most important thing for a uh, a church planter is to spend time with their leaders and with the lost. Yeah. Yep. And... So I prioritize that on my schedule. Yep. Other pastors, church planters want to talk to me, they get bumped to the bottom of the priority yep. list every week. And the people who are leading in my church, investing in them, and then people who are far away from God in my church, those are the people who I prior- prioritize spending time mm-hmm. with. Um, so, But at the end of the day, I think being a church planter all comes down to the conversations that you're having and the relationships that you're building. And if you're sitting in your house, those things are probably not happening. Yeah. And so find ways to get out of your house. And it scared I remember when I moved to a new area and I knew no one. Mm. And I uh, eventually reached out to you because I had met you on a vision tour. Um, but I was like, who is this crazy yeah, person? That's exactly. And you still, like, every time I saw you after that, you were like, who is this crazy person? I was like, <laughs> we've talked before. <laughs> uh, sure, whatever you say, man. <laughs> whatever, crazy person. Um. But... Start conversations. Get out on the street. Absolutely. Talk to people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, that's everything, I think.
0: I think that's it. We've covered... I mean, there's nothing else Dan White can say that we haven't covered.
1: <laughs> At least for today. At least for today. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Shoot us an email. We're going to do something fun pretty soon. Yes. We're going to have a giveaway. Yeah. So, you know, start emailing us.
0: Yeah. And the, the giveaway will is TBD to be determined or... Uh, have you decided what you're giving away? Um, No, I have Okay, <laughs> then it's
1: going to be hard to be determined. <laughs> okay, everybody. Have a great week. Follow us at Beards Flannel and email us at flannelandbeards at com.
0: See you next week.